0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 55th episode of Podcast Demastered. I'm Chelsea, and I'm here with Wade. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is the episode we have been (laughs) waiting to talk about.
1: We are buzzing.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) We're so excited. We've been wanting to do this episode for, like...
0: Since we started the podcast.
1: (laughs) Ever? Since we started the podcast, yeah. Yes.
0: (laughs) So we are going to talk about the one, the only Hayao Miyazaki. And just talk about who he is, if you've never heard of him, we're going to talk about his films, some of our favorites, what we like about his films. So, for those who may not know, Hayao Miyazaki, he is basically an animator, director, producer, screenwriter, and manga artist. He was born January 5th, 1941, in Japan, and he got his start in animation right after college. He worked for a variety of studios, working on movies and TV shows, until he finally got the chance to actually work on his own feature. And his first feature film, I also am not sure how many people have actually seen this movie, but I mean, I feel like it has gotten a little more popular due to the accessibility of the film. But that film, uh, and that he actually, so his first film he directed was in 1979, and it was called The Castle of Cagliostro. And then... Right after he made that film, he ended up co-founding what many people probably know—the studio that he works for now is Studio Ghibli—and co-founded that in 1985. Which the other big director from the studio is also Takahata, who has—you know—maybe we'll have an episode dedicated to him at some point in all of his wonderful films. Yeah,
1: he—he deserves—he deserves one all his own. He's great too. Yes.
0: Well, maybe I should just kind of go down the list of all the films that Miyazaki has worked on, see if maybe our listeners are familiar with any of them before we start diving in and talking about them.
1: Oh yeah, I can. That's a oh, it's a big list yes. too. Oh my goodness.
0: I think in total it's about eleven films.
1: Are you looking at like the his feature films, his big ones?
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, all gotcha. the ones that okay. he directed and he wrote. So besides his first one, the ones that he actually then made included Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, Castle in the Sky my neighbor totoro Kiki's totoro? yes <laughs> <I love> totoro <laughs> oh man kiki's delivery service porco rosso princess mononoke spirited away howl's moving castle ponyo the wind rises and he is currently working on a movie that we hope we can see in a couple years which is currently titled how do you live
1: Coming out of retirement one yes. last time.
0: Miyazaki is very famous for coming out of retirement and never really retiring. Yes,
1: he is. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's pretty sure that this is the last one. He unfortunately, mm-hmm. it, like he he doesn't think he's going to live much longer. <laughs> so he thinks this will be the last one. <laughs> it's very dark, but
0: I mean yeah, he he he's is like eighty one. Yeah, I was gonna say he's eighty one, so and yeah. he's made so many incredible films already, and it's just great. And I'm, I think we're very lucky to see another film coming from him too.
1: Well, and you know, like in his the way that he does his work, though too, um, you know, they still they still hand draw everything, yes. um, every movie frame by frame, and that's which is crazy because there's no American studios that do that anymore. Mm-mm. Not I I I don't think anyway, but. Um, you know, Disney stopped doing that a long yeah. time
0: ago. Yeah, not very many bigger, well known studios, yeah, do hand drawn animation anymore. And that's why I was, yeah, gonna mention that, you know, just because we said animation, yeah, it's it is two D style animation that is hand drawn. And there's just I am very partial to two D animation. It's just I just there's just something about that type of style and the just the hand drawn animation, how much love and care is put into every frame it's really noticeable and it's really exciting to see, yes, a bigger studio today still making films like that. Now, we've kind of talked a little bit about who Hayao Miyazaki is and everything, but we're about his films. What are his films about? We've listed all the films he's done, but I think it's almost kind of hard to summarize them in so few words because I feel like all of his films have something different to offer. There's really something for everyone.
1: And that's just, that's lightly putting it too, I feel like. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like each movie is its own, it's its own unique feeling, its Mm -hmm. own unique story. There's so much separate love that you can have for each of the movies. Like with Disney, it's really easy to just kind of like, just kind of collapse Disney into this one thing and be like, yes, I love Disney. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yes, I love Snow White. Yes, I love Sleeping Beauty and Toy Story and everything else. Um, but with the Miyazaki films, it's like each each one is its own separate thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can still just say as a whole, they're great. But yeah, there's just so many different things Yeah, that make each film good or each film really interesting. Now, I do think he does have some similar themes or at least quite a few themes we see across his films. We see a lot of with oh, yeah. like nature versus industrialism a lot yes. of environmentalism feelings there's lots of war he's really into airplanes because uh, miyazaki's father <laughs> uh used to work and build airplanes his fascination with airplanes comes stems from that we also see a lot of just like childhood and growing up love friendship those are some of the broader things i think of when i think about his films
1: no, you really hit the nail on the head there. I was, I was going through my own list, and I was like, oh, yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. yep. <laughs>
0: yes. And then there's also one thing that's really cool about his films is that he actually has a lot of female characters and like female leads, and they're strong, like well rounded so female characters.
1: It's actually, mm-hmm. I feel, it's pretty rare that you have a male lead in a Miyazaki film. Yeah. Like, there's always like the, um, like the secondary character, you know, mm-hmm. will be male.
0: Kind of almost um, but, a co lead, yeah, co-lead.
1: yeah, yeah, like a co lead. But like mm-hmm. the movie starts and you know, oh, that's the girl. There she is. She's yep. the main character.
0: Mm-hmm. But they're also very unique, cool in their own ways. And I think too, what's I've noticed about watching Miyazaki's films over the years is that I know we've kind of talked about there's so many different films and it's hard to describe them. And like you really could like ideally simply describe each one of his films, but that's just not doing him justice. You could really right. like. It almost says, like, as I've gotten older and watched some of these movies, I'm like, there's a lot of depth to these movies. These characters are really complex. These stories have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the other big things about his movies is that besides, the, you know, having these well-rounded female characters, you also have other characters that are just very complex and just characters that are not just easily identifiable as either good or bad. Right. They're all a lot of well, morally gray.
1: Even, like, the bad guys... Um, the people that you're mm-hmm. that you, you've been like taught to like fear throughout the movie. Um, there's always the moment when like the main character like meets the villain or runs into the villain or you realize oh, that's that person. Mm-hmm. And then you realize almost like a split second later like, well they're not they're not all that bad. yeah. you know, like oh, I understand them. Mm-hmm. like oh I know oh, that's why they're doing this. And immediately they become a friend.
0: Yes. at the time
1: they're not even like they're not even like well you're still doing the wrong thing and so i have to kind of like stay away from you the main character is always just like no i'll i'll help you i understand you i'll help you and make everything better like mm-hmm. i can fix i can fix your situation um and usually in doing that and showing that kindness um and that warmth like the, the main character's problem usually gets fixed as well
0: yes very well um, said yeah
1: Oh, and it's just like all, all of these things, like because you know Disney can give you the warm fuzzies from time to time, you know. Yeah. Um. You know, like in most most Disney movies are built off of a fairy tale or a story or something, and and the same is it's the same with Miyazaki films. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of them are they're based off of very old books or um yes. significant Japanese folk tale and thing like that. But it's just the storytelling just works so much better i feel on the miyazaki side than the disney side um it's not like an act one two three kind of thing all the, every single movie it's mm-hmm. you know it's like you said it's a little more complex than that
0: yeah and just they offer so much escapism not that like other films don't but there's just something about these films that just capture your interest they oh just gosh. draw you in it's that like fantastical mixed with like the realistic settings. It's always just hard to put into words. It's just so It
1: exciting. is, but it's like it's a feeling though. Mm-hmm. Like you can like we're talking about this and I can just like by watching you I can I can tell though like what you're feeling and I know that I'm feeling the same way <laughs> about the escapism part like like the um the bathhouse and spirited away like Oh my gosh. You just you just want to go live there. Mm-hmm. The baths look so good. The food is surreal. Like, the company oh is gosh. just ridiculous, you know? like
0: Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you mentioning the food. Oh. Anytime I see <laughs> food in any of his films, I'm just like, I have no idea what this is, but I want to eat this. It just looks so well, good. Like,
1: I see their thing, and I have that too, but that looks way better than mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, and there's times in, like, because, you know, people will be like, oh, like, oh, the way, like, Disney makes food, it looks so good. Like, no, no, no. No. Miyazaki food is where it's at.
0: Miyazaki helps welcome you to the table, inviting you to join in with the meal that you wish you can have. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's it's almost like you can smell it sometimes, too. Just the way it's animated. It's just... (laughs) It's just that extra touch, the extra care put into those animations that just makes it more alive. The just sucks you in even more into his worlds. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about all the scenes.
1: I'm just like, oh, I need yeah. those things right I was like,
0: now. oh, it can't be helped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like this one scene that just popped in my head was from Ponyo, where she's obsessed with eating ham. And just... Yes, the, yes. Ham, the
1: damn
0: what's It looks great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or even like something so simple as like um, the breakfast scene in Howl's Moving Castle. Yes. Where, um, is it Sophie, I think, trying to mm-hmm. make eggs? She's like trying to make eggs and like the bacon. She puts the bacon down on the skillet. Yes. And like Calcifer is underneath the skillet just like trying to like reach up and like grab the bacon mm-hmm. out of the pan. Like... Just like the thick slabs of bacon she yes. sets down and she cracks the eggs and just the way they animated it just mm-hmm. oh god. It's just yes. crazy.
0: Oh man. <sighs> yeah, I, I think we'll have to pause this podcast and go uh, go eat some food now. <laughs>
1: go grab a snack real quick. Yeah. <laughs> oh <sighs> just watch I'll just watch Sophie eat snacks for a while. Mm-hmm. That'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Well and another thing when you just think about the animation like the scenery. The outdoors, the, like, vast landscapes. Oh, nat-
1: nature has never looked better mm-hmm. in an animated setting. Yes. And this is like, old nature, too. Like, 1988. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even new animation. You can go back and watch any Nausicaa. Go watch Nausicaa from 1984. Yeah. And you're just blown away by, like, the world that they present to you.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's what I love, too. It's, like, you can almost just pause any one of Miyazaki's films and it's just a, almost like a beautiful painting to look at. You could just frame it and put it on your wall.
1: No, I wanna do that. Thanks.
0: Yes, you're welcome. I wanna do <laughs> it. I've been thinking about like it. <laughs> <laughs> I want a whole room covered in
1: Ah. Uh, just take the when so when I picture like nature in Miyazaki, what I close my eyes and think about is like the small like hidden home in Hal's Moving Castle they're in the field of flowers mm-hmm. next to the lake, the mountains in the background. Like, that's what I think. That's how I, that's what I feel when I think of nature in Miyazaki. Yeah. Which is also one of my favorite scenes, but
0: whew, oh.
1: there's so much
0: there. Yeah. I mean, just any of the sceneries, like when I think of things, I think of even like the forest in the evening in Princess Mononoke with like the Kodamas and all of them just in the trees. And this like glowing.
1: Yes, I forgot about the Kodamas. Yes, the little rat. I love their little rattles. I know
0: (laughs) they're so weirdly cute.
1: They see, and Miyazaki like Disney. You know, always has to have the cute little Mm -hmm. little animal, you know, companion. Miyazaki does that, but like he's weirder. You know, (laughs) it's not just like a chameleon. No, test VA. Like he makes his own. You know, like the Kodamas, um, the dust mites. Oh my
0: gosh.
1: And spirited away. Yes. I freaking love the dust mites.
0: I love those. And they 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 really, they eat like little <laughs> bright little candies or something that they carry.
1: They eat the little star candies. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Copato or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're called. Which are, uh, they are quite good. So I understand why they like to eat <laughs> them. But um, but yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, just thinking <laughs> of other scenes. Like another scene that comes to mind just to be cool to hang up in the wall is just. Went and spirited away when they're on the train and they're just going through the water and it's like no face and chihiro on the train
1: sitting side by side yeah mm-hmm. even that whole scene just like there's no talking no. they're just they're just chilling <laughs> no face is just following chihiro around
0: yeah it just it allows the scene to speak for itself yeah you just get to enjoy the oh midges. yes
1: well and and miyazaki is not a stranger to that too and just letting Letting the setting and the characters um, speak like that. Just letting things go. Mm -hmm. uh, And just context. Just context. Just watch. It's fine. Just watch. Yeah. Um, You know, he doesn't do that constantly in every movie. But he knows when to use Mm -hmm. it. Like that that scene specifically in Spirited Away, like you just had that huge... That huge scene where No Face was, you know, like gluttonous <laughs> and spewing all of his nonsense out everywhere and yes. is trying to chase Chihiro down and then and then he runs out of juice and is just there and Chihiro is just they're just, they're just there, like there.
0: Chilling.
1: Yeah. And it's just mm-hmm. quiet. And she realizes, well, he's not a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's missing something. And he's just following me, so we'll just go from there. <laughs> and it's just such a peaceful moment after that point. Not that you think you would have gotten there, considering what just happened before that scene, but...
0: Yeah, and that's something, too, that almost in, I feel like in all of his films, you can have these really crazy, either action scenes or just chaotic scenes, and then you can just have still these moments of just peace, that you can really just take that time in those scenes. Just take a breath. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot of that, and, and it's, it's an art, you know, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it gives you peace within the movie, it gives you peace like in the moment for the characters for yourself for the context for everything just and sometimes it's just part of the story just just moving on yep
0: and i think just you know the way miyazaki tells his stories and everything it's just so beautiful just looking at it all but also just having a very talented composer go alongside
1: oh, the music man the music there's, there's not a, there is not a bad theme to go around in this entire studio. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's hard to like, it's hard to pinpoint like specifically what, oh, like that, oh, this here and that there and this song. Yeah. I love that song. um Because mm-hmm. like the, each movie is like, it's not like us, it doesn't go like from song to song. It's like the whole movie mm-hmm. is one song, you know? It just flows with mm-hmm. what's happening, and you, it comes in when it needs to, and it's there in the background when it needs to be, and and life is good.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's so. I just want to call it, it's just so tranquil and magical. You
1: no, know, um, Joe, um Hisaishi is just fantastic, actually. And and you know, like as I'm a band person, you know, it's what I teach, it's what I it's what I do with my life. Um, and and the composer of tons, tons, and tons of the Studio Ghibli films um Saishi, like he comes up even in like the band world too um hmm. which is crazy like the first time somebody brought like said his name when i was not expecting to have a miyazaki conversation um i was taken back i was like excuse me like do you know who that is <laughs> and they're like oh yeah he's like he does like this like things that aren't miyazaki related and i'm like well i didn't know that like and i you know i go look it up and i'm like nope there it is like bam that's really cool yeah
0: I mean, right I- <laughs> yeah <laughs> it <a lot. laughs> it leaves you speeches yeah
1: <laughs> there's like there's just there's a lot of like emotion going on in this episode today my goodness yeah my goodness
0: I know but it's just it's just great emotion to have because it's just I mean I feel like this what we're feeling yeah in this episode for real like we said is just how you feel watching these movies
1: yeah yep and like and there's you know there's the miyazaki films and then there's the whole studio films as a whole um and you're Mm -hmm. going to get the same feeling out of any of their films more or less um except except for one (laughs) except for grave of the fireflies (laughs) but but that's a different conversation that's a conversation for later yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my god yes we're not, not ready to bring it down yet.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Yes, that'll be a whole episode. Oh, God. We'll, we'll, oh, it'll. God. <laughs> we need some time to prepare for that.
1: Oh, I don't, I don't think I can be prepared. I've only seen that movie one time. Um, and luckily, I watched it at night by myself. You know, it was an affair for me only. And I'm glad because that movie broke me. In mm-hmm. ways that I didn't think, like, I still had in me, you know? Um, yeah. And luckily my roommate came home shortly after it ended to, like, <laughs> do, like, a life check. Because, man, it was bad. I mean, it was a good movie. It. I feel it's an important movie. Yes. But, man, it's It's a hard movie.
0: It is. And I have lost count of how many times I have watched that film. So.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I am not envious like like Brandon hasn't seen it but I don't think I have it in me to watch it with him but Mm -hmm. I also I don't think I could let him watch it by himself too because I just it's a movie unlike anything I've ever seen and I hope I don't like see another movie like it (laughs) in a way like it's I mean it's a beautiful movie but it's sad it's
0: it's completely heartbreaking yeah
1: yeah I mean. And it comes up in conversation and, and I tell people, I'm like, well, it's not like a sad movie where like you have a happy basis, you know, or you get to know these characters and then something tragic happens. It's like, that was really sad. It's no, it's, it's the the beginning, the first, yeah, the first 60 seconds, like you don't get a happy picture painted at all. And then after that first 60 seconds, everything is downhill straight downhill Mm. like there's no jokes there's no levity there's no moment to breathe there's nothing but awful real world just tragedy every every minute of the movie until it ends and you're just like broken
0: (laughs) yeah it's very powerful very well done now i i guess it it's kind of a good thing, I guess, in a way, even though it's such a great movie, but like Miyazaki doesn't have, I wouldn't say any of his films are just completely depressing. Because like we've said, no, they no. all have those moments. They have your highs and lows, are times to let you breathe and relax.
1: You know, the, um, the fun fact I told you about earlier, but told you I wouldn't oh, share yes. it with you. Um, it's related uh-huh. to, to Grave of the Fireflies, um, but also related to Miyazaki. Cause, you know he didn't direct that one. He he wasn't in, mm-hmm. involved in that one. Um, so when that when that movie came out in Japan, you know this. You know yes, I'm I do. But this? go for okay. it. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it was released side by side with My Neighbor Totoro. <laughs> um, and if you have seen both of these movies, or or you have just seen My Neighbor Totoro, um, you'll understand maybe why they were released together. Um, so they were, you know, they were, it was a double feature.
0: Mm-hmm. You would
1: watch Grave of the Fireflies. And then you would watch My Neighbor Totoro. Specifically in that order. <laughs> 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 but the um, the audience turnout was quite low to both of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, the trailers and stuff for Grave of the Fireflies reflect what the movie is. Um, and people were very, like worried about going to watch this movie um Mm -hmm. you know given the context of you know the movie um which also means that Totoro's um box office amount was also much lower than it should have been um but then so so they had their theatrical release they left the theaters um and then the studio started releasing uh you know their plushes their toys their merchandise for (laughs) Totoro (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the the um the merchandising uh profit was enough to push totoro (laughs) way higher um so then they could like re-release totoro by itself and and everybody could watch totoro by itself (laughs) but it just i didn't know that they were like a package deal at that time which explains a lot
0: (laughs) Yeah, It
1: explains so much.
0: (laughs) It's so wild, but it's like, yeah, I guess you have to have those two types of films put together. Mm. I mean, in talking about it by saying that, you know, My Neighbor Totoro is very different from Grave of the Fireflies. I feel like My Neighbor Totoro is just a very heartwarming movie that just it just kind of makes you feel childlike in a way. It's just like you're experiencing their like curiosity and joy of these children just living their best life in the country.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very very important after the other film.
0: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> when you have no sense of innocence or anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So something nice to pump you back up a little bit. <laughs>
0: yes. And yeah, I think... Totoro, yes, is definitely the, like, iconic character I think a lot of people may associate with Miyazaki in the mm-hmm. studio.
1: He's, like, the uh, the mascot, basically, of yes. Ghibli, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: So, it's just, yeah, not, maybe not everybody has seen the movie, but a lot of people, I think, are familiar with They can recognize least. Totoro. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a stuffed animal of Totoro. I do not. But maybe one day. I don't either. <laughs> <sighs> just... That... That's that's one of the example of one of the very cute animals, I feel like, that comes from Miyazaki.
1: Oh my gosh, and there's so many. Yes. It's like everything, all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, in Totoro, you got cat bus, too, so, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> flipping <Yeah>. cat
0: bus. <laughs> that... Honestly, that cat bus was a little creepy to me at it, times.
1: It, it was, it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Japan loved it, so... Mm. yep and we caught on eventually <laughs> yeah <laughs> took us some time but we got there
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well speaking of kind of cute characters and stuff i mean you know probably not all the cute characters are, your, are necessarily your favorite but what are some of your favorite characters or characters that come to mind when you think of Miyazaki's mm-hmm. films
1: so okay so i had Totoro on the list but i mm-hmm. think that's like that's low-hanging fruit like <laughs> You have you have to love Totoro. He's just Totoro. Oh, yeah. Um, some of the other characters I have um, I have Sophie, mm-hmm. uh, the main character from Howl's Moving Castle. Um, in in people who haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle but like frequent the internet, they would know who she is though because she's in lots of memes about like old people. Um, <laughs> so if you don't if you haven't seen Howl, Sophie, she's just a teenage girl um, and she gets she becomes cursed by a witch. Um, into an old lady, um, and at that point on, she's kind of like, "Well, screw all this crap. I'm old." Um, and-
0: <laughs> I love her old ladyness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she yeah. She turns into like the best old lady. Like she's like, <laughs> "I've lived a long life. I'm over this." It's like, "Girl, you're yes. like 16." She but okay. owns it. Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, and she's an old lady for a vast majority of the rest of the film mm-hmm. as she's dealing with all of Hal's nonsense and everything else. Um, but so Sophie. Sophie, for sure. How about you? What's one of yours?
0: Well, since you mentioned Sophie, I'll just say I, Mm -hmm. you know, I love the drama queen. I'm calling him a drama queen. Hal is also oh, Hal is
1: such a drama queen. Yes, he doesn't think he is, and then and then he becomes like emo of the century. Yes, (laughs) like good God Almighty.
0: Oh. Oh. But I love him, though. I just, I love both of them. They're both so different, just unique characters in that film. Well, and like, then...
1: together? Like, you put the two together, you know? And it's just, like, she's got her old lady sass, and he's <laughs> yes. just like, you know, in his, like, he's, weird gentleman. like, way. I'm a
0: child. Yeah. <laughs> For
1: real, I'm a man-child. And she's just like, yeah. dude, I'm 16, I'm gonna die in three days, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna put you in your place, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um... I...
1: I have another character from Hal, but I'll let's get away from Hal for now. Okay. Um, I I like the dust mites
0: <laughs> from Spirit Away. Yes, I love those things. They're, they're so not cute. really,
1: they're not like really real characters, I guess, but they're there, oh. and I love them. Oh, so
0: <laughs> that I think that counts. <laughs> Excellent. Well, well, it's funny. I I have another one to go with uh, with yours from Spirit Away. Oh, okay. I do like No Face a lot. Especially when no face is a bit more chill. Oh,
1: when he's chill, he's fine. Yeah. And then, and then he turns not chill. It's and quite then terrifying, you're not my favorite actually. character anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and um to go along with spirited away, um you Baba. Mm-hmm. The you know the old lady owner of the yes. bath shop, the bathhouse. Um. I just talking about drama queen, but she's <laughs> like a corporate like cold hearted woman. You know, who Mm -hmm. just wants to take care of her baby. But, uh, you know, she's in there, like, teaching Chihiro. She's like, no, you're a girl. You're going to step up and you're going to, like, be who you're going to be. Because we don't take crap from people. (laughs) You eight-year-old girl, you. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's a great, she's a great, like, and she's, like, the villain, you know, of that movie, but. Not really, mm-hmm. kind of, but not really, you know? So you, you learn to love her. She's great.
0: Yeah. I was like, I still have a long list of characters I like. I think another one that comes to mind for me, which was probably one mm-hmm. of my favorite characters, is actually Nausicaa. I just really liked her character. She's just very well-rounded. She's mm-hmm. just cool. She's intelligent. She's tough. She's mm-hmm. resilient. And she's also just so caring too she just has like and you see all that in her film and it's just a character that you definitely root for the whole time and just interesting to see where her character goes in her story because she her story is she's Nausicaa from Nausicaa the Valley of the Wind it's just a huge epic and I think that movie is honestly for people who are like almost into Dune or Star Wars, like it just has that type vibe oh, to it.
1: Oh, it does. It absolutely yeah. does.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we have like my neighbor Totoro over here and then we have Nausicaä over here. Two completely different stories <laughs> by the same director.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, I and I'm looking at our list here, um, in uh if you're if you're a nineties kid, uh, like we are, and you know, you had mm-hmm. Cartoon Network growing up, you probably saw Kiki's Delivery Service a couple times on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is between that and Spirited Away, I think they played those two quite quite often with a lot of Kiki going on. I mean, and in, in that cat from Kiki, just, I love it. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so like Miyazaki's films, like they're out there. Like you probably noticed them a time or two um if like if you don't have you have no idea what we're talking about you've you've they've, they've they've come across your field of vision a time or two in your life i bet you just probably didn't know what mm-hmm. they were um but anyway but talking about favorite characters um panio from panio um <laughs> you know a little little girl um
0: that like song the scene that where movie. she's like
1: this song <laughs> yeah. um she's just she's fantastic i mean she's a little baby girl like yeah she acts like a little baby girl, <laughs> a, a, a wild baby girl, but <laughs> a baby girl.
0: Yeah. Other characters that come to mind, I love both the, like the basically like the co-leads and Princess Mononoke, where you have San and Ashitaka.
1: Oh, I forgot about those two.
0: Yeah, it's going to taking a completely different turn. We're getting to some darker. <laughs> Vibes oh yeah, again. that's that's definitely <laughs> yeah compared a to one. yeah yeah a little bit more adult the <laughs> characters are a lot more older and mature than Pony than cute Ponyo that movie and is is that the only one that's like technically rated PG thirteen that's a Miyazaki movie or is
1: I'd imagine
0: yeah I don't know it's definitely definitely one of the darker ones definitely more of a kind of an action adventure definitely a lot more like sword fights and. Just more fighting in general, I feel like. Then, although I mean, there's a mixture. I mean, you have like *Porco Rosso*, which is during World War One. So, <laughs> well,
1: you know, and that's that's Miyazaki's thing too. Like, you might have a, mm-hmm. a movie that takes place in this fantastical um, fantasy world, um, and then you have then you have darker films that are legit. Just like, no, like we're in World War One Japan, and people are freaking dying or World War 2 Japan. I mean there's that's uh there's Grave of the Fireflies mm-hmm. for you. You know, um yeah. you you know, he doesn't and he doesn't really pull any punches, but you know, being a he was born, you know, right there during World War 2. Um yeah. so he has a lot of personal experience unfortunately to pull from on those kinds of fronts.
0: Yeah, and I think that what's also interesting too thinking of some of those war movies and stuff or just even some of those movies that almost pull some realistic aspects is that Quite a few of the, like, fantasy-like elements of his films also have a lot of European influence. Mm-hmm. There is some, like, Italian vibes in Porco Rosso. And then you have, like, Howl's Moving Castle, which is based on a book, which is written by a British author. And that is mm-hmm. kind of...
1: It's very European, yeah. Yeah. Like the architecture yeah, it's very... and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mannerisms, dress, things yes. like that.
0: Yeah, so you see that through a lot of the films, too. That interest in the the cool styles and lots, lots of the films have castles and stuff that are also inspired by a lot of European castles.
1: Like, like castle in the sky.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although that's not a very European one. That's like, like machine armies and something, 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 <laughs> some ancient thing. I castle in the sky was my first movie I ever saw. Miyazaki film. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure I've only seen it the once. And that was like way back in middle school, I think. Mm. Um, I don't remember a lot about that one. I I love the theme song. I know that. Um, but I don't That's remember a lot memorable. about that one. So many of these have such good um, theme songs that are so easy to remember.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you said that Castle in the Sky was the first Miyazaki film that you ever saw. Mm-hmm. I had to think about this because... Princess Mononoke was actually the first one I watched but I'm honestly Mm -hmm. not sure if the first time I watched it if I actually watched the whole entire movie because I was over at one of my friends houses and they had it on tv and I remember sitting there watching like what in the world is this movie it is so interesting and I'm also not sure if I'm supposed to be watching this movie so young but (laughs) (laughs) but I just really remember being captivated by that film Because the other movie that popped in my head that I definitely remember watching around that time, too, was Kiki's Delivery Service. I watched that with my family, so.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I've seen Kiki's Delivery Service so much because it was on Cartoon Network. And for the longest time, I didn't even know it was, like, a Miyazaki movie. Because that was back when I didn't know that, like, Miyazaki Mm -hmm. was a thing. It wasn't until... Like I saw Spirited Away, I seen I, I had seen Laputa Castle in the Sky, and then I saw Kiki's <laughs> Delivery Service, um, and then I saw Spirited Away, and it was then that I was like, this 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 movie really reminds me of Kiki's Delivery Service, um, and one of my friends was like, well, yeah, because they have the same like studio, it's so, like it's like the Japanese Disney, and I was like, well, that's really cool, and then and then when Howl's Moving Castle came out. That's when it really hit me, and I realized, I was like, oh my (laughs) god, like, it's, these things are similar because they are. (laughs) Because the same guy does all of these. Um, (laughs) So, but then that's when I went and watched Nausicaa, then I watched Princess Mononoke, and when Ponyo came out, I was like, yes, absolutely. Um, Totoro. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I'm pretty sure I didn't watch Totoro until after I watched Grave of the Fireflies, And that wasn't until a junior year of college, I think. Um, Pretty sure.
0: Yeah. No, that's funny you mentioned. Yeah, I feel like that's when I really started noticing what Miyazaki films were and everything was also around when Howl's Moving Castle came out. And because that was Mm -hmm. a movie that there were people in high school that talked about this film. And I'm like, what people know about his films too? And, oh, that's actually a Miyazaki film. I'm like, I've seen some of his other films. I'm like, that's really cool. I was like, I have to check that one out because apparently that's what people are talking about now, which is really cool. I think it's interesting too, because what we kind of mentioned before is that I'm sure some people have heard of these movies or you've at least heard at least, you know, a couple of them. I think uh, Disney did sign a, like, uh, distribution rights with- uh, Miyazaki Mm -hmm. so that they could have the films available in the US and so Mm -hmm. because Disney's name was also attached to them you got to have more they were a little bit more widely available and then we also got to see slowly some of them coming to theaters when they were actually released like The Wind Rises when that came out it did have a limited release but I did see I definitely remember seeing that movie in theaters and at least renting some of the other movies from video stores when those were around.
1: I I had to do a lot. I had to do a lot of renting. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But did you, did you get to watch uh, like back in 2018, they did like a, like a year long or summer long or something like that. um, Special presentation, like limited release presentation where they would play like, like one Miyazaki movie a week or something like that. Um, They went back and like went through like a huge amount of his catalog and played, so many of these back in theaters. Did you get to do any of that?
0: No, I never went to any of those showings. But yeah, I definitely do remember seeing those. And I thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. Because by that I point, I did. actually. Oh, yeah. By that point, I actually own most of them on DVD. <clears throat> so oh, I just well,
1: that, that does change things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, and talk about getting these movies on DVD. Like, do you remember, like, what a pain in the ass that used to be?
0: Um, like, yep, and how expensive you, they were to get. If you could <laughs> yeah.
1: find them, they were like thirty dollars minimum. Mm-hmm. If you could find them, like these were not movies, you could just go to Walmart, um, or Target, or anything like that. Like now you can. Um, yeah. They have they have re- re- redistributed them, and they're like I don't know, like fifteen dollars. A lot of these movies now, like so much better than they used to be, and that's for like mm-hmm. a Blu-ray. Yeah, um, you know, like a VHS or a DVD even where they were like 30 bucks a piece minimum if you could find them mm-hmm. like before Amazon and stuff existed.
0: Yeah, I, I do remember I think Target was one of the first places that I remember seeing a lot more of them, but they had so few of them available. They just didn't have all of his films available, but I would see like one or two at a time. But they yeah, like you said, they were still mm-hmm. like 30 plus dollars for those yeah. films.
1: We have just a cup. We have like one or two. There was a time of like, oh, I should just pick up every single one as they release when they were like Mm -hmm. 15 bucks a piece. And I was like, no, I don't need to do that. And then I ended up like missing a bunch of like the ones that I really like. Mm. Um, But but now they are all on like like pretty much every Ghibli project is available on HBO Max. Um, Yes. So that's helpful. But if I ever got the if I ever got the chance to fill in my collection with the ones that I really like, I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think I'm only missing one of his films, if I can remember off the top of my head. Oh, that I have on DVD. I don't think I actually own Kiki's delivery service.
1: That's tragic. <laughs> also, I can't believe that movie's older than me. That's crazy.
0: I can't believe how old most of these movies are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I remember when I watched Howl for the first time, like it came out in 2004. Um, But I remember when I saw it, I didn't like i was like this movie has to be like older than that you know not because of the Mm -hmm. way it looked or anything like this like poor animation or anything it's just like this movie just seems so like i don't know like wise you know it's like Mm. this seems like a movie that has existed in the world for a long time already but no it was just a couple years old when i saw it so it's so bizarre
0: They have that, like, older yet timeless quality to them.
1: They do, yeah.
0: And also, when you mention HBO Max, HBO Max also does have two of the documentaries as well, if anybody is interested in watching those.
1: Which ones do they have?
0: It's uh, The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, and it follows both Miyazaki and Takahata as they're working on The Wind Rises and the, The Tale of the Princess, Hagiwa. Yeah.
1: I bet those are good ones though.
0: Yeah, that one's that one's a crazy one. It's really it's it gives such an intimate look at their studio because it was amazing that they actually got people inside the studio just like basically following around Miyazaki personally to his house and even into the studio. His you get to watch his routine, watching him actually discuss the different scenes from the film and how he actually puts it all together. And I think one thing to mention related to that documentary is that Miyazaki doesn't flat out write a script or anything. It's more of just he like storyboards it, and the story comes to him as he goes throughout the story.
1: That's a, what a creative way to do that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Flying by the seat of his pants.
0: <laughs> yeah. So everybody's like, well, "What's the ending?" And sometimes he's like, "I don't know." Like he's just still working for by it. Like working scene by scene it's just that's just incredible to me just and that's just such talent too that just be able to work in that almost linear way of making a film and then it just having such an incredible story it's like with so many layers to it mm-hmm.
1: that that is bonkers yeah
0: so that's that was so. That's one of the documentaries. The other documentary is one that I don't think I've actually watched. It's called Never Ending Man, Hayao Miyazaki, and that basically follows him right after his one of his uh, retirement announcements, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's when he was doing early production on a short film, Borrow the Caterpillar. And that's another thing Miyazaki has done too. He's worked on a lot of uh, short films as well and even a music video at one point. Oh, did he really?
1: (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, it's...
0: I'm trying to remember what it's called off the top of my head. It's like a girl that has wings and it's a story about these like two guys and they're in a... I remember I either saw it on YouTube or Vimeo. I'll have to remember what that one's called or On Your Mark. Maybe it's something like that. So I think we kind of briefly touched upon... Or like favorite scenes or at least we talked about Mm -hmm. some of them earlier Mm -hmm. are there any other scenes or moments that we missed that you want to highlight from his films
1: i have two two scenes that immediately came to mind one from spirited away one from *Howl's moving castle um Mm -hmm. but like they're kind of they're kind of spoilery though um so like if people are like enthused by our conversation they want to go watch it I, I'm afraid I would, like, ruin it for them. But, you know, it's the scene... Like, here's... I'll try to be as vague as I can. The scene at, near the end of Spirited Away when um, Haku and Chihiro are falling, mm-hmm. um, you know, and... And, you know, like, they start to remember and realize mm-hmm. who, who each other are. And they're, like, you know, they're, like, falling outstretched with their hands holding each other. And um, that scene, like, the way the way they're following the animation, like just what they're saying, it, um, it grabs me by the heart every time. Um, cause everything from there to the end is just like a big, exciting moment. Like it's just like a light yes. flip light switch flips and we're like off to the races to the end, the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Um, and then the second one, uh, similarly near the end of Howl's moving castle, when, uh, Sophie has calcifer, um, and you no, know, she's standing there with the transformed Howl. And mm. she realizes, like, who Calcifer is, you know? Uh, like, that yeah. scene is. We didn't talk about Calcifer at all. Oh, my gosh. No. Um, that's. <laughs> I feel like we're.
0: That's... Except both one of our favorite characters, I feel like. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's hard yes. not to like Calcifer. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's just great. He's uh, just like a little fire. Like, he's great. Yep. <laughs> Uh, until you realize who he is, and or like what he is, and it's like, whoa, okay, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but also, but also, not a, not an important moment really. Like near the beginning of Howl, when like when Howl and Sophie kind of meet, and he's taking her home, and they're doing the like air stepping thing, oh, you know, yes. where he's like he's like holding her hands up above her head and they're Mm -hmm. like prancing down on the air and it's just he's like you just have to walk it's nothing it's not a big deal and she's just like you're freaking crazy man (laughs) (laughs) um like that's just like a frivolous one but like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's it helps show the relaxed nature of like in the magic of the world and stuff like that it's such a good time how about you
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like I've already talked about quite a few of the ones that I really enjoy. I think another one that does come to mind is in My Neighbor Totoro when they're, uh, when like Totoro is waiting at like the bus stop in the rain. Oh. It's like, Aww. And They have that. Yeah. Yeah. And the girls have the umbrella on them and he has the little leaf hat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's just such a cute movie. <laughs> the whole thing is mm-hmm. just so cute. Yeah. And then. Even just with, like, the mini, like, Totoro versions as they're, like, going through the grass or anything like that and hopping along. And when they're, like, a little bit smaller, they almost look like tiny little bunnies.
1: Well, little baby Totoros are so cute.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like I could talk for hours and hours about, I just, there are so many wonderful scenes. And, I mean... Miyazaki has a lot of movies, so it's just.
1: And it, yeah, there's there's no way to pick. It's so hard to pick favorite scenes because you'll watch a movie and you'll find five new scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it, and you'll, then those scenes will stick with you for days afterwards. You just like, you'll remember like the sunset, or maybe the landscape, or maybe it's the way the characters are looking at each other. It's it's always something different. Um, yes. You know, and it's just it's crazy how he has he has such a masterful control over those things. Like he, that's there because he wanted it there. You know, he knew what he Mm -hmm. wanted in those scenes and it's just crazy. Well, um, it's hard to pick scenes, but (laughs) Chelsea, um, for the, for the uninitiated, for the people who haven't really seen a lot and maybe they're like, maybe I'd like to try it. What, what movie would you recommend they start with?
0: now this is a very tough question for me because i think this is a
1: tough question
0: yeah because we've already discussed how miyazaki has just such a huge variety of films and i definitely think there is something for everyone and i may not know what the something is for that person but i think in general if i would just have to pick one film i suppose i would actually go with howl's moving castle
1: you would go with howl
0: that's
1: yes. crazy. Why? Why Howl? Why I specifically know. Howl? I'm 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 a little surprised.
0: I know. Pleasant, it's...
1: pleasantly so because ple- I love Howl so yeah. much.
0: I mean, Miyazaki's films are always a little bit on the strange side, and this movie definitely has a lot of those stranger vibes. But I also feel like I don't know if I would say it's more accessible in that way because it starts with the ordinary and gets into the weird, mm-hmm. and it's and it kind of starts with things like maybe people are a little more familiar with seeing because you have that kind of like old style like the town and with like the the european vibe and then you go out into the magic and it's just that's fair that film, yeah it's also a very, that is a very beautiful film with also very likable characters and some minor memorable characters like you have turnip head in the beginning and then of course you have calcifer i forgot about
1: turnip
0: head oh my gosh i love turnip head but and this movie too is interesting because you can watch this movie so many times like the first time you might watch and be like whoa i didn't see that part coming or anything and then you watch it again you can just watch how all these characters and all these elements really weave together to tell the story and it's just one that i think is that people I think would enjoy watching the first time, and I think they would give it a chance to watch it again, and again. Mm-hmm. And so I I feel like that's kind of I that's my pick. I would recommend Howl's Moving Castle.
1: Well, that that makes me happy because that's my favorite. Um, Howl is my favorite. Um, so I like yes, everybody go watch Howl. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you haven't watched any movies, go watch Howl. Um, I had to pick a movie, and I actually went with Spirited Away. Um, but for some of the same reasons that Chelsea picked um, Chelsea picked Howl, because it starts off pretty normal, um, and then the main character, Chihiro, literally moves into, like, a different world. Um, so you're being introduced to all mm-hmm. these crazy things at the same time as Chihiro is. And, and, but then, like, oh, everything's actually pretty normal, uh, which is very Miyazaki. Um, but also because, like, it seems to be the one that the most people have seen um like it's like the it's the most mainstream one i guess at least from my perspective like from what i've seen i always see people talking about spirited away or it's on tv more or something like that than like most of the other movies um but like in in but in that movie is also really easy to love too um it has a dragon in it too so you know that's cool (laughs) um but you know everybody everybody really likes spirited away but uh, but howl to me is a little bit deeper. Um, so mm. if you th- if you think that that if you think that you would like that more, um, howl, absolutely howl, and then go watch Spirited Away, and then go watch Totoro to get some cuteness in your life.
0: Yes, just watch them all. <laughs> just watch them all. But I think uh, yeah. <laughs> With uh, Spirited Away, which you mentioned that it's more mainstream, and I think that's true. I think definitely a lot of people might recognize that name more, and I think what also helped is that that was the Miyazaki film that did win the Oscar for Best Animated Feature that year. Mm -hmm. So I think that definitely... I think also that elevated that film so it was even more easily accessible in the United States that a lot more people saw because they were like, oh, well you know it won the oscars so let's make sure it's available to the public after the oscars so
1: it's good enough for the oscars i guess it's good enough for me yeah
0: (laughs) but i'm like well definitely give all yeah a lot of his movies a chance and you know just because all of them didn't win best picture doesn't mean that they're not worthy of yeah it doesn't mean they
1: didn't deserve to win it so
0: yeah So you mentioned that Howl's Moving Castle was your favorite film. Mm -hmm. And I know we kind of have talked about that a little bit. Is there anything else you want to add about why that one is your favorite?
1: Well, like the setting. I love the setting. Um, The characters and like their relationships with each other. Um, I love the moving castle. Like, I don't know why, but that aesthetic, I just really love that. Um, And again, Mm -hmm. like the, my favorite, like, my favorite landscape, like we were talking about the scenes and portrait, like landscaping and stuff earlier. My favorite landscape is the scene where, you know, Sophie finds Howell's, like, little hidden away house by the lake mm-hmm. and the field of flowers with the mountain in the background. You know, like, I love that. I love that whole thing. Um, and then the ending, too, is just so, like, the ending is so sweet. Um and and, and and this is and this is kind of similar I like Howl's Moving Castle. Love Howl's Moving Castle in a similar way to why I love Final Fantasy Nine. Because in both of them the characters are very central to the plot of not of the movie, because we're watching the movie, right? It has to be about mm-hmm. them. But the problems in both Final Fantasy IX and the, and the plot of Howl's Moving Castle are not they're bigger than like the characters you know like in how mm. you have like a whole war that's going on or getting yeah. ready to start um but it's because of those characters and their relationships with each other and the things that they go through together that give them the answers to solve the, the bigger problems at hand um and it's the same in final fantasy nine where it's very character driven the relationships and that's and that's it's those things that drive the major big much bigger plot along like the plot is related to the characters who are related to the plot um so and i just and that just kind of clicked for me just now i was getting (laughs) ready to explain how and i was like oh my god that's just like final fantasy (laughs) 9 that makes a lot of sense (laughs) so yeah there you go i think that's i think that's why that's my favorite have you said what your favorite is yet
0: no i haven't so i definitely really like Howl's moving castle but i think my favorite miyazaki film would have to be princess mononoke
1: oh yes
0: that movie just has so many layers to it too and i think we've already talked about like yeah i'm you know all, all of these movies have a lot of layers but it's just so interesting from like the first time i watched it of just being like an an epic story with just very crazy creatures involved and just all the different like morally gray characters and what we've talked about before about you know the so-called like villains almost working together or coming to a realization of helping out the main characters and stuff like that and just that movie it can almost be called ugly and beautiful at the same time and that's just just amazing to capture that art style because I think I've mentioned, I'm, and I'm not quite sure if, like we said, if this is the only PG-13 Miyazaki film, so this one is definitely a lot more violent, it's definitely a lot more bloody, but what's different than I feel like when I've watched some, like, anime shows and stuff where I just feel it's just, like, blood flowing everywhere, I don't like, how, why do people lose this much blood? Like, this is not humanly possible, and it's just there just for the effect, but with Princess Mononoke, that style seeing the more graphic elements helps to further enhance the story and it's there for a reason. It does, yeah.
1: To push to push the point, right?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To really push that point because this is just a a warning film in a sense too, because it really does with the whole like environmentalism, the whole like nature versus like the progress and the industrialism. You see those clashing and just You get to- it's definitely one of those films where you think you could- you figure out who the so-called villain is or something, like, right away, but then it keeps changing, and then you realize, you know, there's- there's so many layers underneath here. These characters, these creatures have so much to them, and you just have so many interesting characters. Like, that one actually interesting enough, like, you could say the main character is Ashitaka, who actually is- Male. Right. So it's one of those, yeah. <laughs> one those of the rare... rare ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then you have San, who shows up later, who, in a sense, then becomes more of like the co protagonist in a way, but you get to learn more about her, and she's like freaking cool and really unique character mm-hmm. and has a completely different upbringing than Ashitaka does. That's one way but to put how? It, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and just. It's one of those films yeah where all the characters have to just have to learn to work together and have to realize they have to meet in the middle in order for things to be better and it's just it's just a movie that just always makes me think about it more every time I watch it and you know as we've said there's you just notice things something new every time you watch these films and it's just it's it's a good film and it's just one I really enjoy and I think in general is a very it's one of my favorite animated movies of all time. So mm-hmm.
1: it's absolutely up there. I mean, most of these movies on this list are just, they're just, they're priceless.
0: <laughs> That's what they are.
1: Yeah. I would choose many of these movies over their Disney counterparts. Even. Um, mm-hmm. Easily. Easily. Yeah. And if you've been listening to the podcast, yes. you know how much Chelsea and I love Disney movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, And, and, you know, and, Di- compared to Miyazaki films, the Disney films aren't always the favorite children. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the truth. There's so many incredible films, and just because, I at least I'll speak for myself. Just because I picked Prince, Princess Mononoke as my favorite, that doesn't mean that I don't love his other films. Oh, and it would course. be so hard. I'm I'm not gonna put this on us. I'm not gonna have us rank the movies in our favorite I, order I or anything couldn't. like that. That's just there's no way. No. <laughs> There's no, no. Way. <laughs> no, we'd be here for days trying to figure that out. It's just, there's, there's just something to like about all of them. I feel like we've covered a lot talking about Miyazaki. Yeah, t- take a Do deep breath
1: think... and whew. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think that we have covered a great deal. Um, but what mm-hmm. I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear from the viewers Um I want to I want to hear what their experiences are with Miyazaki uh, and I want to hear why their favorite is their favorite and I want to hear them gush with us as well yes like the the Miyazaki conversation is one that I can have a hundred times over with a hundred different people and and I would make a hundred new friends in the process (laughs) so (laughs) you know so I I don't know I I'm sure there's something that we didn't we didn't cover something we'd a favorite that we didn't mention something um but i I challenge our viewers to ask us about that so we can keep the conversation going
0: yes yes please do yeah and we'll be posting plenty of content on our social media sharing our love for all these films and so, yeah, please, yeah, start up a conversation with us. You know that we are on social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PodDemastered. Also, feel free to send us an email. We do actually regularly check our email, and we'll have a conversation with you that way if you want. Our email is demasteredpodcast at gmail.com. And if you really enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more of our thoughts on other Uh, various nerdy topics or if you want us to talk about any other anime films or awesome directors in the future yeah please uh subscribe to our podcast and you know leave us a review that'd be really cool and share it with your friends so i think that'll do it for this week's episode and thanks so much for everybody for listening and we hope you tune into the next one
1: see ya see ya